Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Khan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, pick your poison as, as far as why the market is down this morning. We could do, we could say it's uh, COVID variants. We could say it's geopolitical tensions. We could say it's just a normal, healthy pullback. Whatever's on your bingo card, just cross that off because it's all up for grabs this morning. Uh, market is down uh, pretty much across the board. There's probably a couple of stocks here and there that are higher. But uh, it's just one of those mornings, folks. A lot of red on the screen. We'll talk about that. We got some news. Some It is a bit of a merger Monday. We got some uh, Zooms doing the deal. The Slack Salesforce deal got the okay over the weekend. Um, and the one SPAC that I bought is not doing a deal. Thank you very much for that, Bill Ackman. We'll talk about that. A couple earnings today. We got 14 earnings reporting tonight. Six reports this morning. Uh, that The flow will get very heavy uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and especially Thursday of this week so a lot to get to on the earnings front uh our guests today two of them tim quas will join us at 8 35 and matt hammond will preview the week in ipos at nine o'clock uh joel dennis good morning joel how are we doing in, the, in those uh in those charts uh sps are down 45 and a quarter at 42.73 and a quarter crude's going the same way that's down 289 at 68.69 Gold back under 1800 down 1680 at 1798.20. Silver down 58 cents at 25.22. Bitcoin down $800 at 31,125. And Ethereum's going the same way. Uh, that's down $58.50 at 1855.75. One of those mornings, everything you just said is down. Well, I go to my up filter here, yeah, and I have a thousand stocks running that filter. Mm-hmm. I see a couple that have tick green, but nothing. This is actually what's bid green. So I have a filter, not just what's trading green, but was actually bid up because sometimes you'll have just you know an odd lot or not an odd lot, but something just trades there. Maybe it's not even a real print. Maybe it's an over the counter print, but. What is bid up this morning? And there is not a heck of a lot. Sirius XM Holdings is bid up one penny. Oh, Ooh, that's exciting. It is. Um, there's a bunch of bond ETFs bid up. <laughs> but otherwise, there's really nothing. There's not even like really anything at all out of the you know, major S&P 500 companies. Not a lot bid up. Like even giving this example, AutoNation. Let's go to an earnings report here right now because reporting on the way wrong day chose the wrong morning to blow it away. Tractor Supply chose the wrong morning to blow it away because we don't care about blowing it away last quarter. We care about what's going on next quarter. Even if you're raising guidance, we're not even sure we believe it 
<laughs> this market. So give us TSCO AN reports. We're doing them together. Yeah. They're both down despite awesome reports. AutoNation, uh, their, their EPS estimate was uh, $2.58, and their actual was $4.83. So they beat the estimate by like two over $2. Yeah. Uh, sales also blew it away, just about $7 billion versus $6 billion estimate. So very nice beats for AutoNation. They also announced a $1 billion buyback. And uh, Tractor Supply, like you said, they beat on the EPS, beat on their sales, and they raised their EPS guidance for the year. Uh, and their sales guidance as well. So a beat, beat, and guidance raise for tracker supply, and a huge beat plus a buyback for AN. Doesn't matter this morning. Doesn't matter. Um, I had a funny feeling they were going to beat. I actually held it long into the report. I don't do that often. And then I was like looking at the futures. I was like, I'm going to have to sell this on any type of a pop because this is just um, the stuff. Like they're not going to rally anything. So it actually did pop up and was up for a little bit on the report. Um, and I did sell my stock out so I can freely talk about it now, but it's tough, man. Like, I think the stock would have been up substantially. If we were on an up day this morning, if you know, the markets were even flat, I think AutoNation would have been up significantly more, but because you're down, they're just taking, you know, they're, they're, they're just selling everything. Like when we're struggling to find a stock that's up, I mean, obviously you can say, you know, the takeover stock FIVN is up, but I mean, that's what it basically takes today to go green a takeover. So I don't know, both, both companies, you know, kicking ass and taking names in the quarter, really. And the guidance great out of tractor supply too. Doesn't matter. Wrong day. They're selling stocks today. Yeah. Auto nation's down 70 cents at one Oh one ninety. It's had a nice run. Uh, there's a couple lows in the same area that uh, you might want to keep an eye on to see if that acts as resistance or support. Do you want to what? What about tractor supply? Yeah, yeah. what's with TSCL? We already did the earnings, so we're looking. So that's down uh, five. that's Joel. Wow. Joel, wow. You okay? Yeah, that's down <laughs> four eighty. That's down four eighty at one eighty four twenty. How was your weekend, Joel? You sound tired to me. Excellent. Tired. There's some support, perhaps at one eighty in tractor supply. I see three lows around one eighty. All right, moving on. I'm going to run the show here. It looks like uh, we got a we got a reverse split today. Look at that. Yeah. HT. We talk about almost always they never seem to open up as much as they're supposed to. We warned about this last week. So if you're taking it long, thinking the reverse split was going to be your fit savior, we were warning that was probably likely not to be the case. A lot of times they just don't open up enough for the reverse splits, and here it is. Same story. Stock. The adjusted close is $18.20. It's trading at $16.32. So it is down 10% more from Friday. So, I mean, if you're looking and you're saying, hey, there's my HT, $16. Everybody was saying in social media, it was going to hit $10. Well, it did. It hit $16. Unfortunately, they took away 90% of your shares to do it. I mean, the problem with all these social media stocks and the problem with just following random people that are giving you your ideas on social media um is that a lot of these little penny stocks are junk a lot of this stuff is absolute junk it gets hot and the ht story got hot but for the most part a lot of these companies like and we've talked about this before if they're attacking stocks with high short interest there's a reason for the high short interest it's probably because these companies are not doing very well so now if you're looking at your portfolio and you're full of all these meme stocks and full of all these high social media stock interest stocks, high short interest stocks, and you're way down, that's because, you know what? 
these companies and these stocks just weren't very good to begin with. Do they get hot again? Do they give you an out? Maybe they do. But on any type of rip on any of these stocks, I'd sell them all. That's just my opinion. Uh, AHT, I don't know much. I don't follow the company that much. But when the when the CEO comes out and thinks a reverse split is going to help the stock, that's enough to know that. that I maybe don't want to invest in that company. Was that the day it went from 40 to 30? From four dollars to three, yeah, yeah, pre-split, yeah. And his idea was, and he was actually with the tweets was saying, well, they wanted to try to get the stock price back up over five dollars because then it becomes marginable. But to to do that, <laughs> or, or you know, in a lot of accounts, like because a lot of brokers' accounts don't allow you to margin the stocks below five bucks. So like, if we get it back over, then everybody will come buy it. Well, now it's a buck sixty post-split if you go back to the adjusted basis. So. Wow! If it goes back to five, it'd have to get to fifty to get back to where you know that five dollars where it really was, or four dollars, I guess, is when they announced it. It's tough. These are tough. I mean, it's one thing to invest on a hot story. It's one thing to invest, you know, on something that's got a lot of growth. It's quite another thing to throw your money and invest in companies that are really struggling and not growing at all. And I think people are learning a hard lesson here. And you know what? You make money in the long run by learning lessons, but learn from it. Pick better companies, pick better stocks in the future. You know what's interesting about this one is that, you know, you had like the rally and the reopening stocks and uh, the hotels. What did some of the hotels come back and make new all time highs? And this thing just did absolutely nothing. Maybe had a little pop last year. Well, how did uh, the May but, and June, as everybody on social media was pumping this thing? Right, but. right. Uh, but just resting at the lows of the pre-market session, uh, 1632 is your last print that's down a buck 88 and, uh, pre-market low 1615, but I doubt anyone has any interest in trading this one. Well, since Joel mentioned the reopening stocks, I mean, that's aside from oil, that's probably your leader down this morning. Every day. No, not just today. It's been the trade for the last month. The great reopening has turned into the great non-reopening trade and you know where everybody is piling in the airlines and the cruise lines and you know what i was a believer in the reopening trade too but once they start breaking trend does tell something's up the only one i'm stuck with is now las vegas sands i guess i should have sold them all um but i gotta tell you like it's it's tough to just you know we were in american airlines even u.s steel for a bit you know trading these things because they had good momentum going most of the trends are completely broken. I mean, look at the banks. The banks kill it on the earnings. They announced buybacks. They announced increased dividends. They can't stop going down. It's TLT. Can't stop going up. Banks can't stop going down. That's the correlation. you got to know if you're trading bank stocks. It's there again. It's a simple game when you identify the relationships to a certain extent because TLT up, banks go down, and they're not done buying the bonds. I don't know who. Who? I don't know why <laughs> they want to, you know, throw it like in the TLT. You want to throw your money in a 20 year for 1.43% giver. I won't put my, I'd rather have it in cash. So right now I'm sitting with just a lot of cash because there's just so many unknowns, but you know what? Once we start stabilizing, I'm ready to strike. I'm not like calling this the big bear market. We're going to crash down 20, 30% from here because we're going into another lockdown. I don't think that's the case. I think we're just in the spooked period. I do think we're going to get some type of a reopening trade eventually. I do think some of these stocks are going to be buys, but not trying to catch the falling knife. I keep getting people tweeting at me and saying, are you buying American Airlines today? 
Well, it's making new lows on the move, so no, I am not. But am I going to buy it when it stabilizes and starts to perk up again? Maybe, you know, but right now these charts are all broken. So I'm going to let the, you know, whatever damage happens and not be a part of it and then come in. And that's the, the way that, you know, if, if you're just a long only trade, I mean, if you're short, you know, or if you are if you go both ways, you know, sometimes you can make some money shorting these stocks too, but it's a tough game. We're not speaking to most of the shorts out there because 90, 90% of retail investors are never shorting a stock. So I think that the safe play, if you're a retail person, is to just have some cash right now. And don't think you have to buy the dip on the first day. It's not usually the, you know, usually you always get a second chance. Wait for a level, wait for something. There's really no signal here that the selling is over. It's a nice down day. Do we bounce today? We seem to bounce every time we get a big down day. So yeah. am I selling all my stocks when we're down, you know, 50 points on the S&P? Hell no. But, I mean, you got to be on the rallies. I think you got to be lightening up because we just don't know how long this damage is going to be. But if you got a lot of cash, you're sitting on half cash, maybe just ride it out. And then when you start to see the stocks, you know, stabilize, not as a day trade, but you get like, a day or two, like Joel Alcon and method of trading, get an old, a, day, a low from the previous day, and then you're up here. Then let's see if that old low holds, and we'll try to lean on that. That's the best way I've found for swing trading is leaning on those lows. It takes it out, get the hell out. If it holds, okay, well, let's try to ride this a bit. Perhaps looking when you when you get to these kind of extended declines or these kind of momentums, uh, it's usually better to go to your longer-term charts, um, and then try and see if you can have the daily lows line up with something on the monthlies. But uh, we talked about Delta Airlines uh, a while back that had uh, looking at the bottom uh, right chart here. This is a monthly chart. You had four months in a row where it just hung out at the same area. And I believe where was that? That was at 43 bucks uh, for the month of March, March of April, April, May. And then you, you pierced it in June took it out. I mean, as plain as day, not on the day. I mean, dailies, you can get, you know, your little two day rallies here and stuff. Uh, but as far as monthly support goes this one, it's coming up on it. Um, 37.42 was your, uh, your low for the year. Uh, that was in February. And then uh, in January, you had a 37.74 low. So that's what you're looking at on the monthly. So another another buck away. I don't know if we'll see that today in Delta Airlines, but that seems to be what the monthly charts are indicating. And uh, the S&Ps just can't catch a break here. Uh, we did have a little 10-point rally, uh, and we just continue to make new lows on the session down 1.22%. Where would uh, 5% put us? Where do we close <laughs> Going with? down 5% today. No, I mean, why not? I don't think we're crashing today, Joel. I, maybe you're right. You How know, do you know? Maybe you got a feeling here. I don't think it's getting that ugly. I think the buy the dip mentality will come back in once again. Uh, but... You know, I 216, 216 handles. 216. Oh Joel's calling for an epic Would be, collapse. No, I'm just looking. I'm just. It'd, it'd be a great call if it happened, but it's down. I mean, that the um, or they do it from the close. If they do it from the close, it's a little bit lower than that. But yeah, you'll get some rallies in there. Somewhere around 409 in the spy, right? Maybe. Yeah, like. somewhere, somewhere, somewhere around that. That. Let's just. Honestly, though, this market has just been so overbought. 
everything is expensive. Like I keep getting that question. You know, we keep talking about the show. We're like, a, you know, in the last month we've been like Groundhog Day around here. I was like, where? Everybody's like, what stocks are you buying? I'm like, I'm buying anything. It's all nuts. Everything got silly. The reopening trade has got cheaper here now, and some stocks got significantly cheaper. But you know, when you look at you know where stocks are trading, even Apple. And I'm talking against my book here, but I mean, it's not cheap. It wasn't cheap, and gets up there and fails right at 150. Yeah. So put a double top in the boot. So actually almost a triple top in the boot. Not good technical sign there. And this is your leader. So it's not great. There's some technical damage done here um, and being done in, in individual stocks. I mean, the IWM is a completely different story. I mean, the IWM is at 210. We were at 230, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 trading sessions ago. So you're talking about a 7% fall in 10 trading sessions for the IWM. That's significant. So SPY has been holding up, we know, because of Apple and FANG, and that's pretty much it. Everything else, the broader market has been selling off for weeks. So it's kind of just a continuation of the trend we've already been in. But it seems like the S&Ps always find another way to come back. doesn't ever seem to sell off at more than a couple of percent. It will eventually. We're going to have a type of, you know, Joel Alconin correction eventually where we get 5, 10, 15, 20% pullback. And, you know, we haven't had that in a long time. You know, really since the COVID crisis started when we fell 30% in a month. But I think the biggest pullback we've had since that March of 2020, somebody was saying, was 7% on the S&P. So we haven't had a significant pullback here. Traders in the last year and a half haven't experienced a bear market. Well, here you go. It's not a bear market, but it is in certain stocks. So, and some stocks are ugly. And there's, you know, obviously crypto is down 50% or more, depending on which crypto holding you have. But you just look around, like everything's expensive. So there's just not a lot that's even on a relative basis cheap, unless you're looking at some of these, you know, like AutoNation is cheap, but it doesn't even matter. So it's trying to hold on to green. It just went green. But it, it, it's a it's a tough market to just say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to keep piling in, in on all these stocks because, you know what, a lot of them aren't that cheap anyways. We're in uh, we're in July here, right? Nears the end of July. How many uh, back to back down weeks do you think we've had? Um, Next, not a lot, I bet you. Uh, I would guess the most would be two at any yep. point at, at any point in the last year. I would say two. I don't know about the last year, but I was just looking uh, at the S and P, yeah. and I was looking uh, at the uh, the weekly, and this this is what you this is what you had. Put this out over the weekend. Jeez. The index is only back to back weeks in the red twice here and here, and it was a buy the dip. It's and always here, been a here, buy the dip. Buy the dip. So here, here's your first week. Here's your second week. It just, I guess, it depends how far we'll fall this week uh, before you buy the dip. But I think that's pretty amazing. Two, yeah. The mentality is hard to break. It wins. The buy the dip mentality continues to win. And that's why, you know, people are saying, you know, they're buying puts. And I haven't actually placed a lot of bearish bets here. I'm just sitting back. I'm buying dips and selling rips and day trading. But I'm not putting any swing trade longs. I tried silver for a swing trade long because I thought maybe it'd play defense. I got stopped out of that because silver broke down on Friday. And as soon as I saw that red candle, I actually stopped myself out a little bit earlier because I was gonna I was gonna get out at the twenty three seventy five. But it was such an ugly candle starting on Friday. I was like, it's taking it out. So I, I got I cut out of it a little bit early than I needed to. And but I, I would have been stopped out this morning. So I, I don't have I don't know if I have really any swing trade longs on. Um, I'd have to go I, just look. Like I had some stuff that I was like designated kind of trade, but more investment. But like I said, even the ones that I was like, I might hold on to some of my AMD. I sold that too. So I don't know if I'm if you know we rip and rally and you know and start t- rip blasting off from here. 
I'm going to be left in the dust because I'm sitting with a lot of cash. I guess I can get rid of this uh, retail buying frenzy pushing silver over $30. Remember that? Reddit was starting to talk about it. That was like for like a day or two. Reddit's <laughs> yep. not moving Gone. stocks. Like it's not it, it, the social media trade is really hurting. And we were talking about that just with the AHT. But I mean, you just go through them all. And, you know, AMC critical level. Hey, apes, 32 bucks needs to hold this. It's going to test it. You got the shot for double bottom there. 32.89. It's holding 32.14. Um, but you start taking out that 32.14. I think you're going to be through 30 in a hurry. So you want that level to hold. GME's trying to hold up. I tried to rally there, and 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 you know that the rally it, it's held, it's holding up fairly well. GME is still holding up fairly well. But then you go to these smaller ones like Wish. Everybody's wishing they weren't in that thing right now. I tell you that because that thing's approaching the new lows. Um, eight eight dollars and eighty six cents. There's just a ton of those meme stocks and social media stocks that have just been absolute junk for the last month. I don't know what turns around because it's so crowded. The long, they're so crowded on the long side. All these short squeeze. You know, I keep hearing and seeing, oh, short squeeze, let's squeeze the shorts. Those are the most crowded longs right now. Are they not? <laughs> That's interesting. Are they not the most crowded longs? Because you have everybody that doesn't, you know, know what the hell they're doing. They're just randomly following people on Twitter saying, oh, this one has a high short interest. I'm going to buy this stock. Like that AHT, it's probably a very crowded retail long. You know what's interesting Still? is the crowded retail trade. That was that, that's that's that was always a thing, but for three months it stopped being a thing, right? Because like oh, like typically you look at like a a quote unquote crowded trade on the long side, and you say oh this is a sell signal, and that usually worked. Yeah, for January, February, March, April, May, it, that didn't work. That no, was you know that that was winning, right? That the was crowded winning. trades kept getting more crowded, right, and kept right. going up more and more, yeah. right? So great point. So now it's come. It's it's reverted back to what I normal. would say is maybe a more normal uh, behavior. Um, you know what I what's going to be really interesting is if the market maintains this this uh, weakness later on in the week and next week too, because we're we're going to get some a lot of really good earnings numbers. Expectations are high, and the numbers will probably be good. And basically, all the big companies report in the next two weeks, this week and next week. And if the market is this week, uh, is as weak as it is today, going forward the next week and a half, um, how will that? I mean, it, it'll make for some very interesting trading action in the big names. So that'll that'll be something to watch for. I'm, I mean, you, we have even this week. We got Tuesday Netflix, yeah, Chipotle. I know Wednesday's Verizon, Coke, Johnson Johnson. So a little bit of uh, you know, and this you know, consumer staples trade too. Yeah, um, has been hot actually. You know, we should talk about a, a couple of these stocks that have really been moving. Um, but we look at them all. I mean, Procter and Gamble breaking out and making highs, and then you had Kimberly Clark breaking out and making highs, and Clorox breaking out and making highs. I've got a couple trades on on those ones. I'm actually. Short Procter Gamble, long Clorox, full disclosure, but those are just uh, dits, just short term trades. You don't make uh, you think these, Yeah, you think these uh, these trades are as crowded as like the pot trade? You know, when Tilray got the three hundred, or the consumer think- staples trade's a bit crowded right now. Yeah. What about? But not, um, like, but not a pot. I mean, people are. So I, you're seeing the consumer staples come down a little bit. It's a sell everything type of day, but you always seem to be separation. But they're not crowded like the pot trade. They're not crowded like that. I mean, what about this pot trade? Let's go talk those stocks because those have been assassinated. I mean, Tilray here, $30 back in March. 
it's 1319 here this morning and trying to make a new low on the move. So, I mean, not a new 52 week low because obviously we were significantly lower in 2020, but um, a new low on the move it's trying to make. And you just look across all of these pot names, same thing. CGC is under 20 bucks. It's 1910. I mean, I've talked about valuations being nuts on these things for a long time. Valuation, your CFA hat is working again. You know, logic is working again. They're selling and they're looking a little bit of fundamentals to a certain extent. But I mean, CGC in, in February, we got to 56 bucks again. Holy Joel. That was right near the all time highs from 2018. What a gift. What a gift. And I mean, if you're a stock, and this is a good lesson too, we try to always teach on the show. But if you got a stock, and it's been in the gutter, and it starts taking off and blasting off, going up 100% in a week. That's the when the peanuts, you know, like Carlin Pine says, sell your peanuts when the circus is in town, because you hold on long enough, the circus leaves town, and all you're left with is shells. And that's what you're left with with a lot of these pot stocks. Are they cheap here now? Not on a valuation metric, not at all. So I don't know when the CGC pain trade stops. I don't know when the Tilray pain trade stops, because you know what? From a fundamental valuation perspective, they're still not cheap. So they could be a hell of a lot lower and still not be cheap. But, I mean, right now, they're cheaper than they were. Does the story get hot? The only thing that can keep these stocks up is really story. So you need that pot story, you know, legalization. You need that all to get hot again. And if that doesn't get hot again, you're left with valuation. And valuation still nosebleed on a lot of these stocks. And what about uh, just going along the, the crowded trade line? Um, how about, you know, the cryptocurrency trade? Oh, that, that was just the, the, the Saturday Night Live topping event, which we called on this show for three days before it. Um, every single day. I even started a handle SNL topping event, you know, for crypto. <laughs> um, so that's how I convicted I was with that. Um, obviously, I did hold a little bit of Bitcoin and a little bit of Ethereum, but it's been horrible. I mean, the crypto has been a mess. Think about it, though. Like so many of these cryptocurrencies, it's just nothingness. At least when you're buying AMC, at least you're getting a company. Movie theater, right? At least you're getting something. You're getting a cash, some cash flow. I mean, even if it's negative cash flow, at least you're getting a company. I mean, when you're buying these things that are made up like the Dogecoin, you know, which was made up as a joke, you're really buying just digits on a computer screen. Like here, I'll tell you what a lot of this cryptocurrency stuff is right now. I'll right. go like this. Well, uh, I'm gonna write a number here on right. this piece of paper. I'm well, gonna don't, write don't give one us... zero one zero one zero one zero. There's a bunch it's, of numbers there. Do you want to pay a thousand dollars for that right now, or two thousand dollars, or five thousand dollars? Because that's what you're doing when you're buying these cryptocurrencies. It's a bunch of junk. Wait a minute. Is that the passcode to your wallet? Your digital wallet? <laughs> no, I'm doing the zeros and the ones. Because I know what that, you're doing. And I'm just saying. A lot of these cryptocurrencies, there's like 10 million of them out there. Most yeah. of them are not even worth this piece of paper because you know what? At least with fiat currency, you can wipe your ass with it. You can't do this with a lot of the other cryptocurrencies. They're absolutely junk. How now, much- I have some Ethereum. There is some utility and some value in some of these things. But a lot of these that you're just randomly buying and hoping it's the next big one because there's 10 million of them. A lot of them are going to be worthless. How, well, how, much, how much was that paper worth? I'm just curious. What's that paper worth? A lot, a lot, less, a lot less now because it comes from It's worth lumber. nothing now when in the recycle bin. It comes from lumber. It's worth a lot less than it was a few months ago. Well, that's true too. Um, just some that was a good one. That was a good one, Triple D. That one, I'm that just one. saying, I, people, 
I people call, what do you think of this cryptocurrency or this, they tweet me at this, I don't know any of those things. I have a little bit of Ethereum, a little bit of Bitcoin. There's probably a few other ones that are going to be good, but it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. There, there's going to be a few of these that, you know, do make new highs and catch on and the stories get hot. But story has driven crypto for a long time. And you know what? That story is ice cold. Bitcoin, probably still best to breed. Ethereum's right there because there is some utility. There is some functionality. I still like the Ethereum. I still have a little piece of it in the long-term portfolio. But, you know, come rocket they've got and Dogecoin and all this other. Now, this stuff made up as a joke. And people are putting real money into it. And then losing on it, they're like, what happened? Yeah, well, can we have some perspective on the Bitcoin on this? Because it was 30000 in late January. So we're basically back to where we were at the start of the year. And also, if I had told both of you guys, let's say a year and a half ago, or whatever. Hey, Bitcoin's going to be at thirty grand. You would lose your minds. You I'm not say... talking about Bitcoin though either, Spencer. All right, you're... I have some Bitcoin. I have some Ethereum. I think I just made that very clear. You're talking about that. Everything. There is some, you know, the Bitcoin story. I believe is still going to be there. Is it? You know, if if it loses the story and people decide that they don't want it, it is just literally digits on a computer screen. So there's nothing to fall back like cash flow and fundamental analysis, but. Um, there's, I'm, I'm talking about the like how many cryptocurrencies are there? Like how many are there? Is there oh, a way to even count them. it? Uh, yeah, there's 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 tens of there's thousands of them. Tens of thousands. I don't know how many there are. I, uh, there's like 99 percent of these things are probably going to end up being worthless. So, well, yeah, I, I think the Bitcoin's got a good shot to actually be worth something. I think the Ethereum's got a good shot to actually be worth something someday. Other than that, I don't know much about going further than that. Maybe you know some people I have. Think, I know, think there's 57 Cardano. They've talked about. Fifty-seven hundred, according to Coin Market, mark, Coin Market Cap. Okay, but How there's many? probably a whole bunch 50, of fifty-seven hundred. That seems light. How many did you say? Fifty-seven hundred, five thousand seven hundred. Fifty-seven hundred. Yeah, that's probably just what's on you know that site too. There's probably other ones that are being made up all the time. Maybe, maybe. I didn't think there was that many. Holy! Well, God, I thought there was more. I you said tens of thousands. More than that. So I thought it was light. Anyway, okay. So uh, just I guess that doesn't mean... you got to do some fundamental analysis and some homework and just can't say, well, that's hot. Everybody's talking about it. I'm going to put my money into it. Whatever you, you know, that was working in January, February, March, like, like Spencer was saying, follow the leader was working. You could call that whole, you know, trade, follow the leader. This stock's hot. This story's hot. I'm going to put my money in that. That was working. That's not working anymore. Typically in the markets, it doesn't work. So you were in a very abnormal market where you had, you know, just, you know, a company that everybody's talking about, crowded trade, get more crowded. Those crowded trades have come off substantially. But is this the start of something, you know, like, let's give a perspective. The S&Ps are holding up very well. We just had, you know, rotation into real companies like Apple and Amazon and, you know, like companies that aren't nosebleed valuation, but they're definitely not cheap at these prices. But you had a lot of rotation on that stuff. But all of a sudden that starts getting crowded too. So right now it's just like the only trade that seems not that crowded is cash. And that's what people are piling to today. I mean, this S&P made a new high on Wednesday, right? So same with the Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. So yep. cool. I mean, we're still way up there. Look at right. Coinbase hasn't done real well either. That, you, you know what? That may be that may have been the topping event. It was the Coinbase IPO. That and and I I know it's too soon to tell whether or not like Coinbase, like the correlation between Coinbase and crypto, because Coinbase is an exchange, so theoretically shouldn't volatility be good for an exchange but I, I don't know regardless they're both going the same direction and they're both going down so that may have been the 
the topping event. Uh, I'm taking some heat for my crypto ramp. Shizzy. Love you, Shizzy. He's a, he's actually a funny guy on, on Twitter there. Uh, he's giving me, he says, stay in your lane. And don't talk about all the crypto you don't know nothing about. And I agree. I'm just saying most of them. There is definitely some projects out there and that are going to be worth some money. So not every single one is going to be worth money or worth nothing. But I think 90% of them are eventually going to be worth nothing. If you've I, done I, your I, homework and you can find the 10% or the 2% or the 1%, the Amazon of the internet bubble. If you can find the Amazon of the internet bubble, you're going to make some money. I don't know. I'm not that good. So I'm just going with the two leaders, Bitcoin and Ethereum. I have a little piece. I didn't, obviously, if I thought every single crypto was crap, I would sell my Bitcoin and Ethereum as well. So I obviously think, I think there's some people, money there. Most people understand that they're, that, not every cryptocurrency is going to the moon. I think, I think, well, I know I don't think I they don't do. Understand. I, know, I, I think, think people think that they have a diversified crypto portfolio. They're going to make a lot of money. I think if you have a diversified crypto, I always talk about diversification. I think if you have a diversified crypto portfolio and have like a thousand of these things, I think you're going to lose a lot of money because I think there's only going to be one or two or a couple dozen that actually become worth something. We, we don't know. We're going to be at this all day, but because how was the internet? So we could have said, yeah, diversification is king. But how did that work for you back in the year 2000 in the internet bubble? You had Amazon in that portfolio, but you had 99 other pieces of crap. So pets.coms times 100. So, I mean, that's the trouble when you're in an industry that is so early and crypto still is so early. um, When you just say, I'm just going to buy them all and I know I'm going to make some money. I think that's actually the recipe to lose money. I think you really have to do due diligence. So Shizzy, it's a good point, buddy. Uh, Not trying to hate on every single cryptocurrency. I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot of them. If If they're made up as a joke, they're probably going to remain a joke. All right, let, let, let's move on from that. There's a few things we didn't get to. Tim will be, be on with us in a second here. We didn't even talk about Zoom. We didn't talk about uh, Pershing Square, Tontine. I don't know where you want to start with those two, but th- those are actually your, your two stories of the day, your, your new stories of the day, besides the overall market, is Zoom uh, is buying 5.9, ticker F-I-V-N. Uh, nice premium, uh, $200.28 per share is, is the takeover <laughs> price. All stock, right? All stock deal, yes. Give me that so, ratio. Risk arb traders, listen up. Spencer's going to give you the ratio. Two hundred. Uh, um. Uh, well, yeah. So, so the the deal represents. So that that two hundred nine, two hundred dollars is the what the price represents. But the actual ratio is five nine shareholders will get point five five three three point five. Write it down on my risk arb sheet. Write it down. Point, point five five three three. Point five five three three shares of Zoom for every share of FIVN that you own. There you go. F F I V M. Yeah, so yeah, five nine. So for every buck that Zoom moves, F I V N is going to move fifty five cents. Once you know you get after the first day or two of shenanigans where everything adjusts, then you get that you know. So it's a basically almost two to one. Kind of, yeah. So a little rounding error. 11, 11. 14.7 billion dollar deal. Big deal for Zoom. Um, so. Uh, yeah, and, and he, I think I think RNG is actually trading higher. Uh, oh no, it will, um, never mind. I take that back. Nothing is trading higher this morning. But uh, I thought RNG was I saw earlier. I thought it was trading higher on on this as a as a sympathy thing. But no, it's not eleven bucks. I guess not. Good move for the company. I think. Yeah, probably. You know, like use your stock to buy other companies. Use that yep. high price, that high stock price, to buy another stuff. I like that. I like that too. 
is there a, is there a place like, i mean okay so and we're gonna get tim when tim's ready we'll, we'll, we'll bring him on yeah but uh is there a place for the stay-at-home trade here if we're really worried about you know the reopening is there a place for not, the not zoom in your portfolio is there a place for the peloton it's, it's not a place for me i'm just saying i i don't own any of these stocks and still knows the valuations but is there a trade here potentially that maybe the stay-at-home trade gets hot again because there hasn't been a lot of love even a teledoc there hasn't been a lot of love i tried to play that from the long side i'm stopped out on that one too um is there a, is there a trade here mr alconan for the stay-at-home stock oh boy i don't know things never really seem to repeat themselves you know they you know like with the shutdown and everything, I think if we do get to that point, I think people are just going to be much more reluctant to do that. So um, there may be in, in some of these, but I think you're probably better off uh, shorting the reopening stocks than trying to, you know, buy the the lockdown stocks. Okay. All right. It is. If you, mon- if you believe that trade is on. Yeah. Right. 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 All right. It's Monday morning, which means it's time for market structure Mondays. Tim Quast is the founder and CEO of Market Structure. Yeah, Dennis doing his dance. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Spencer, Dennis, Joel. Good to see you guys. All right, prop, you. Props to Tim, who called us last two times on the show. He's saying, look under the hood, look in that market structure, and you can see that this market looks weak. Tim, absolutely right. That's what we are in here now. We need you to look under the hood once again and tell us if it's going to get weaker or if we're going to rebound here, what are you seeing? Well, I'm I'm reminded of a of a humorous line from W. C. Fields, <clears throat> uh, and of course, there'll be a bunch of folks on this show who are way too young. So I think I'm too young to know who uh, W. C. Fields is. But uh, if you if you don't know, uh, you know, millennials Google W. C. Fields. So Do as we know right now, hold on, I don't know who that is. <laughs> As we so he's, so as we as we think about the you know the the work from home trade, Spencer and Joel and De- you got Dennis, you guys were talking about this and the state of the market. It calls to mind a line from W. C. Fields who said uh, that uh, I spent half my money on gambling, alcohol, and wild women, and the other half I wasted. <laughs> uh, the, the, <laughs> Uh, meaning, I'm just kidding. It's just a funny yeah. line about what what do you do in a market like the one that we have now? But we did. You're right, and I appreciate that, Dennis. That we talked about this last week uh, for you folks who are regular to Market Structure Monday, and we were talking about at first the banks, <clears throat> which kick off earnings, and we looked at Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, and uh, we looked at the data, and we said, well, they're the data tell us not to expect very much, that uh, they probably won't do well. It doesn't matter how good the earnings were. And both Goldman Sachs and, and J.P. Morgan, I think I said Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan did very well. The whole group did very well, but the stocks were weak. And we looked at broad market sentiment, uh, supply and demand. The way that I think about the stock market is supply and demand. And it doesn't matter uh, what the talking heads are discussing or what the Federal Reserve is doing or what the government does or what the political situation is or macroeconomics. Uh, if the supply demand e- equation in the market doesn't match that rhetoric, 
then we will have trouble. It is no different than any other market. I, I saw Mike Jackson on uh, CNBC earlier today. Great guy. I, I have a lot of respect for him, CEO of AutoNation. He's about to retire from that position. And he's always a, a straight shooting fella. He, you know, he doesn't He's not doesn't engage in hyperbole. He just tells you how things are. And uh, he talked about well, it was the fifth best quarter in company history for AutoNation. But he talked about the supply chain challenges. And one of the things that I hope Market Structure Monday does for traders is that it prompts folks to think about how there's a supply chain in the stock market, too. There's you know, there isn't just magically stuff to buy and sell. And we don't tend to think about that. We show up every week in the stock market and just suppose that somehow there's going to be the correct balance of supply and demand in whatever we're buying or selling, and it will move in our favor. Well, a lot of the time it doesn't, right? So it's just important to understand that. And I, I'm going to share my desktop because I, I'll answer this with a look at broad market sentiment, which is what we were talking about last time. So traders, if you want to follow along, Go to marketstructureedge.com and there's a you can request a free trial. You can just put your name and email in and you can follow along. We say that the most the 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 the, the one of the five essential ingredients of good trading, it's easy step number five to us, is manage overall risk. You gotta have a way to think about what the broad market is doing. Let me get rid of my face. I think you can see there. Okay, so I'm in the, the July 19 portfolio. Uh, but over here, there's broad market sentiment. This is our risk management tool. And we want to buy rising sentiment because we want to buy rising demand and we want to sell falling demand generally because that will generally mean as a central tendency that you're going to capture the gains. So this is broad market sentiment and it's comprised of the 500 stocks making up the S&P 500 and the composite data for them. Uh, S SPX is a futures contract. People realize that. There's no underlying supply and demand that determines the value of SPX. It is implied demand in futures contracts. So we like to look at the underlying stocks because that's a better read. So if I expand this out a year, and this is again what we were talking about last time, that the you know this dark part of the graph here, this is broad market sentiment, and it should wax and wane. Supply and demand come and go. And it's compared to SPY, which is a proxy, an exchange-traded fund, uh, oldest and largest, and it's a representative of the S&P 500. So generally speaking, when, when demand is rising above this 6.0 red line and then retreating and rising and falling, that's the waxing and waning of supply and demand that you would expect from people's fear and greed and indexes rebalancing and new money coming into the market and so on. When that trend begins to weaken, and look at the trend, you know, right into about the first quarter, this was not bad. But ever since then, the supply or the demand side of the equation has been weakening. And this has preceded every market correction. Look, I'm not saying there's going to be one. I could make a case that with sentiment nearing a bottom here as we, as we, with new options trading today, we want to talk about that briefly too, mm -hmm. that there could be a surge. The, the old options expired on Friday, triple witching. Uh, there were index options that expired Thursday. Overall demand for derivatives declined about 1% last week. Well, it should be up, 
If people are renewing their contracts, we should see an increase in demand for derivatives that, man to, that you, people use to take or manage risk. Well, they decline. Well, that then sets us up for a decline today with new options trading. It's like you show up at a farmer's market with all of your stuff to sell, and there are few pe fewer people buying than what you planned for. Well, things will go on sale. And so then the Dow futures are down 500 points. But it may not be a good indication of overall trends or expectations for the economy or expectations for earnings. It is very contextual. It is about new options tr trading today and whether supply and demand are equal. Well, they're not. Look at the, this is where right now broad market sentiment is at 4.9 right there. I, if I move my cursor, it's going to move. But for July 16th, Friday, it's 4.9. What is the nexus of supply and demand? Five. All right. So there is more supply than demand as we start the new week with op earnings kicking off. About 300 companies report results this week, 1,000 next week. And, but don't think that this is necessarily telling us about that. It's telling us about supply and demand. So we have everybody and a lot, a lot of people in the chat, and not everybody, but the majority of people probably looking at this and saying, down 500, what can I buy? You know, that's the, right. that natural mentality of, you know, and it's worked. Mm. I mean, it's worked well right. for a long time. Right. Um, what do you tell them? You know, you, you tell them to wait until you get above this five number. You know, yeah, you can have be ready to strike, but you're not seeing the signal yet to come in here this morning and buy this initial dip here. Right. We tell I, I tell users of Edge, we send a daily market desk note and I, I tell them they're they're basically look, I want to make my returns in as little time as possible yeah. because time is risk. Time yeah. means things that I don't know and don't expect. So I don't like the five days around monthly options expiration. So this and that tends to be, you know, it tends, tends to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where there are VIX expirations, index options expirations, and then either triple or quad witching. And then the following Monday, that's today. Monday is, is new options trading. Tomorrow is what we call Counterparty Tuesday. All the banks like Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs, Citi, Morgan Stanley, and JP Morgan are behind about 96% of almost, call it $700 trillion of notional value in swaps and various derivatives contracts. So they're going to true up their books. They're not concerned about making markets and equities at those times. So that then causes me as a participant who understands these things to say, well, maybe I don't want to get stepped on by that. Maybe I'll just avoid that. So this, this particular month, that the, the, this is an off cycle month where options expiring Wednesday are VIX expirations. So it went Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are VIX expirations. Thursday, we're clear of all of that. I don't like to trade in that. I have one position right now, and it's in real estate. Uh, and the reason I'm in real estate is because if I look at the overall supply-demand balance, and it'll take just a little bit for the machine to catch up here. So if I go look at the real estate sector, the all, that's the only thing that looks good to me right now. If I look at real estate, it has rising demand and fairly stable supply and, and short volume. That's how we think of it. Demand uh, Sentiment is demand. Short volume is supply. The only thing right now that I would look at, retail, look at retailers. I mean, no wonder they're down today. The demand is horrible and supply is, is just on an upward arc. Well, I'm not going to buy retailers, right? So I want to buy things where I have the highest probability of the proper supply-demand balance. 
Now to answer your question about, well, what would I tell people to buy? Well, I, you know, it's a, it, mind you, we're only data suppliers, but I look at a, what we call a liquid up portfolio. That's what I've got on the screen here. It's a dynamic portfolio that I tell, I give it instruction to go tell me all the stuff out there that has rising sentiment, constrained short volume, and at least $10,000 per trade of liquidity. I like liquid stocks because I'm less likely to get caught out in a meme stock sort of situation. Well, there are six companies in it. Under normal circumstances, it could be 100 stocks in that portfolio that are offering me opportunities. What are those uh, six? <laughs> let's go look at them, right? So what, question, are the, right? what are the six things to look Tesla at? Well, the, and Tesla and Citigroup. Actually, Tesla is, looks pretty good. Yeah, Boston Beer, KLA Corp. That's a semiconductor company. Semiconductor. Well, I can see the Boston Beer because we all yeah. drink more when we're depressed about exactly. our portfolio going down. Right. It's, a, it's, it's a WC Fields uh, <laughs> uh, strategy. Yeah, he, said, he said during Prohibition there were several days where he had nothing to eat or drink but food and water. Uh, so that's another great WC Fields launch. Uh, but uh, there you go. That out of the entire market, notice that all of these have less than 50% uh, short volume. The trend is up and they're all below five. Now, that doesn't mean that they are guaranteed returns, but the highest probability, there's your six. That's it. That's all there is. And out of 3,400, there are about 2,600 companies in the Wilshire 5,000. All right. So out of all of those right now, that's it. Well, that tells us by itself. That tells us the market isn't great right now. And I prefer to wait for a great market. And the how data is Citigroup in there, Tim? I'm just wondering how Citigroup's in there because it's making a new 52 week low here today or actually not 52 week low, but a new low in the last four months. So I'm just curious, you know, just to go and you know get into the you know the the thick of your, your system here, how how you can see Citigroup as potentially, you know, looking good. Right. So here's why. There, and there's one simple reason. The demand arc is up. This is price. So price yeah. is this one. And here's so coming uh, in. Yeah. yeah. So so even though price is falling, the demand the demand arc is up and, and supply is right at trend. That by itself, it to me isn't great. It just says that's the that's why the system says, here you go. Here's an opportunity. Now, if I look at the broader data, look, it's not spending uh, uh, very much time bouncing against the ceiling at 10. It spends a lot of time at or above five. When it's not at or above five, which it hasn't been since early June, see right here, about, about June 14th, options expirations in June. I'd like to be out ahead of options expirations. It's really not been great since, but that's why, Dennis. It's not, I'm not looking at this and going, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, See, it's, that, but, but that seems like embodiment of the overall market today as well. Well, right. doesn't yeah. look great, but compared to everything else, it doesn't right. look that bad. It's, right. It's a, it's yeah. a Winston Churchill line. You know, democracy is the worst form of government in the world, except for all the others. Right. And this is like, it's, it's a, <laughs> a good you know, line. it is a good line. Right. right. So Citigroup looks, you know, is, 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 uh, is the worst stock in the market, except for all the others right now. You know, so uh, still go. not the one I would pick. If I were going to pick anything out of this group, I pick JLL because real estate as a sector shows a better balance. Plus, it's only three percent of the market. You know, if if tech is twenty seven percent of the market and it's weak, well, that's going to take the whole market down. Consumer staples huge; it's thirteen percent of the market. Consumer discretionary about thirteen percent of the market. Financials 
about 13, 14% of the market. So you look at all of these and you can only find one stock in them. That's not a great market. So my advice to traders right now is let's get through Wednesday, VIX expirations. I warned folks last week uh, in, in the, in a, I did, did a couple of presentations. By the way, I'm doing a, a boot camp for Benzinga Saturday. And we're going to talk about why options expirations is something important to understand as a trader that you can take advantage of the trends into it and avoid the dangers in it. But if this whole thing looks looks weak, well, let's just wait. Let's just wait for if you if you're sitting out, then you don't lose money. You want to avoid losing money and, and use data to help you make money. That's the whole point. Right. That's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. All right, Tim Quas is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Come from the Market Structure Stay for the random historical quotes that we've never heard before. Tim, always a pleasure. We will talk to you again next week. Good to see you guys. Have All a right, good thanks, one. Tim. All right. Thanks, let's, Tim. Let's talk about PSTH here. The one SPAC that I dipped my toes in, and I missed this. Apparently, it was out of the weekend. I didn't even see it until this morning. But... Uh, the SPAC deal with PSTH, where they were, this was complicated because they were buying 10% of Universal Music Group. Um, and then they were going to like, the rest of the SPAC was still going to be out there as, as a SPAC. Uh, regardless, it's not happening now. It's they not pulled happening. the deal. They pulled the deal, PSTH. Uh, I guess there were some shareholders that didn't love it. The exchanges didn't love it because it, it was a weird pseudo, like, um, post-merger SPAC, but also still a SPAC thing. Um, so the exchanges didn't love it. Some investors didn't love it. Uh, with the they cited it in the from the reasoning, it also created some problems for people that were like in that had options or, or whatever. So regardless, PSTH is back now on the market, looking for another company to acquire. They have eighteen months to do so, um, but the deal they had is now off the table. Well, this is what we talked about then when they announced this deal and the stock was 23 or $22. Like, I don't think it's good enough for $24. I don't think it's good enough and it's come back in. I think 20 A lot of the SPACs are priced at 10 I believe this one's a 20 meaning it's yep. $20 yep. is where if they don't do a deal, you get your 20 bucks back. So you naturally would think 20 is going to give you a floor because now we aren't post-deal anymore. We're actually back to pre-deal. So um, I'm not surprised. It's, it's up $0.12 cents here. Um, I think you're going to find support in the 20s. I know it got down, and this morning was down at like 2010. Wow, that was a gift. Um, is that this morning? 2010 hit this morning? Yeah, 4 a.m. If yeah, you would. No, that's yeah. a gift. That's that's yeah. just you know because at 20 you're getting your money back on. So I think you know short term trading. Like obviously they do a bad deal. It can go through 20, but when they go to pre deal, it seems like they like to hold on to the 10 or this. In this case, they'd want to hold on to the 20. It's Bill Ackman. I think in the low 20s, I I probably take a shot at it in the low 20s 2076 2077 it's not a hell of a lot of risk in my opinion at these prices and you know if they get a better deal next time but is there an immediacy to need to get in here i don't think so either is this blasting off to 22 dollars today because all of a sudden you know we've rewarded you know um or they're not doing this deal i don't think so either so i think it's kind of just going to hang out for a bit until we find out what the next deal is and if it's a good deal maybe the market rewards it if it's a bad deal they don't so we're back to pre-deal, 20 is your support. And what was the day that they actually announced that? Because I thought I think I remember you talking about the reaction. And it just I was feel like, like it was the gap down day. Yeah. If we was go back to it? like June 3rd, maybe. Yeah, I'll, was that it? I mean I think so. It was it was, I thought it was, it was uh yeah, June 3rd. <sighs> that, that was the day. Very good. Yeah, June 3rd. 
And that's the gap down. So it was 24 and 25. Like, it's not good enough. And then they knocked her down to 21. So I think in the after hours that day, it was trading like 26. And I was like, wow, that's just, you know, somebody really excited for, I don't think something to get excited for. And obviously came down substantially after that. So I think I actually tried, I, I can't remember if I traded this or not. I was trying to trade on the short side that day. I don't remember if I actually got executed or if it was a borrow issue or something. I can't remember. You know, as I make a million trades, I don't remember that. How one, many but. how many times has that happened? That uh, you know, that that someone's like went into a deal and then pulled out of it on the spec. Oh, on the spec side, that's a good match. Match in the background. Uh, I, I'm sure they talk about it on specs tag. It, it's happened for sure, but um, not a lot. Not not common. Not we haven't talked about it. Not that often. Question, not Mitch, not is that Mitch? Are you there? No, he's not. Oh, he is. I don't know if he's he's no, here. Not listening. Um, listen he's he's doing th- doing stuff. Uh, someone in chat a while ago asked about Nvidia. Just the, the oh, yeah. stock split does go into effect. Big day for it today. Tomorrow, it's it at- is not running into the split. It is not running up into the split. Um, as a day trade, I'm interested in this. Would be one that I'd actually would be interested in buying the dip on today. But you got to see the market continues to roll over. Obviously, the market stock is going to continue to roll over with it. But I think if we have a, a rebound today, this is if scenario. If the market goes to rebound, I think NVIDIA will rebound harder. And I think you do have some people who don't want to be short ahead of the split. Because we know you know they, they tend to open up. Just the opposite of AHT, the, the split stocks tend to open up higher the next morning after the split. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see a little bit of strength today because it's been straight down. For three, we basically lost 100 points in three days going into the split. That is not normal. Yeah, so, but Dennis, Dennis, you said this didn't run into the split. I mean, this thing went from like 580 to uh, almost 850. Yeah, yeah mean, so it's it's giving back a third yeah, of it. Yeah, it's yeah, you got a point. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then I think someone just said, you know what? I'm not waiting around and they jammed it. It had the, you know, you had the gap down day. So it's, I mean, there's even people, I mean, you can buy this one on a dip if you wanted, whatever the scenario is with the split, but Holy mackerel, literally that thing was at five. And I remember uh, looking at this the other day, uh, the day before they announced the split, uh, it was 584.50, and then it popped that day to 599.67. So, you know, you can buy it on a pullback for the split, whatever the days are effective, but there is still a lot of people sitting on a lot of profits at 715. So. I, I like it here in 714. So, okay. just for a day trade, this isn't long term, not gotcha. for a long term account, but and 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 again. You, got you know, you're catching a falling knife, so it's hard. This thing could hit 700 on you. So you almost got to wait until you, you know, see what the market's doing. But if that market starts to curl up and you start seeing the buy the dip mentality coming in here, this is one that will lead the way back, I think, just for today. So I like this as a day trade long. I got you. But you got to be careful and you got to have the market turn around. If we get this Joel Alconin 500-point down day here, oh. <laughs> it turns into, a, you know, 1,500, 2,000-point down day if you're talking the Dow. It's not nothing's going to hold Nvidia up in that case, but I kind of like it here at seven fourteen. Uh, we went, we made trade. a pre market low at uh, sixty three and a quarter, so uh, we bounced six points off that. Starting to uh, stabilize a little bit, uh, perhaps going into the open. 
But then, uh, guys, I'm going to hop off right now. I'm going to go over to Pre-Market Prep Plus and uh, cover a lot of tick, uh, uh, tickers we didn't get to cover. So, Spencer, I'll see you at 3.30. All right. Moderna as well. Just have that on your radar. The S&P 500 inclusion is uh, as of – it's reflected on Wednesday. Okay. So we've got today and tomorrow for that. Okay. Um, I'm also watching uh, Church CCIV. That, that, mer- that SPAC vote is Friday. So watch oh, what a disaster this one's been. DCIV into the SPAC merger vote Friday. That's finally on on it's finally gonna happen or not happen. I don't know. I, but it, I, I say get ready for that retail washout and then they're gonna scoop that thing. Get ready. You think CCIV they eventually yeah, scoop they, it up? Yeah, they're just gonna wash everybody out that's been long, heavy, and then yeah. they'll they'll wash them out and then watch for that scoop. So that's what I'm gonna look for that in that name. Well, you're going to undercut a key support level 22, so maybe we get the Gil Morales undercut and rally trick maybe. here too. So keep an eye on that too. When is the vote? When is the vote? Friday. Friday. I got a few days on this one, but you got, you got a few days. You got a few days. Um, also watching EA, they have a, some sort of big event on Thursday. So um, that's it. It's going to be an I wanted week. to rebuy my EA, and you know, Re- like the gaming you? stocks. I have Take Two. I have Zynga. I sold my EA right around here, and I'm like, I kind of want to rebuy it, but I got to wait. Obviously, this is the type of market where you have your shopping list, you know, and if there's yeah. certain stocks like the cybersecurity stocks, they're probably going to get smacked. We're here with the overall market too, but is hacking going away? You know, that's going to be something that's going to continue to happen. And cybersecurity stocks are going to continue to get big mentions here. And you are getting pullbacks here in CrowdStrike starting. Now I wouldn't strike on CrowdStrike right away because it looks like it's breaking trend, but have your shopping list. And if it gets silly and CrowdStrike got back down to like 220 or something like that, I'd be interested in it there. Or CyberArk, for instance, this is one we've played before too. It gets back down to 125 area. I'd be interested in it there. Even FireEye. FireEye gets back down to that 18 level. I'd be interested in it there. So have your shopping list. Yeah. That, that, this has been the lag rate of the bunch going back years. Um, but anyway. Yeah, it has. But again, it depends on... We're always th- you're always trying to think, like, where's news flow going to go? Are yeah. we going to get another hack or is hacking done forever? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> exactly. So I think you're going to continue to see hacking get major media. And that means the cybersecurity stocks are going to get major media. So it means that story. We talk about... There's investing on valuation, investing on story, and then there's a combo approach. I try to do the combo approach, anticipating there's probably going to be more people talking cybersecurity stocks in the future. Get them on a pullback where maybe valuation isn't just nuts, although on most of them it is nuts. But, you know, you find your levels and you think, okay, well, you're getting a pullback here. These stocks aren't going away, stocks that I'm interested in. So I'd love to put some more cybersecurity stocks back into my long-term portfolio or even back into my short swing trade portfolio, but at the right levels. It's going to be it. That's the, that's the theme of the, today, at least, is, is waiting. Maybe that becomes a theme of the week. Who knows? Maybe well, not, though. Maybe today's maybe the day to strike or the buy yeah. the dip. I mean. If yeah. you're sitting with 100% cash, maybe you got to put a little bit to work. Wow. I'm not 100% cash. Should, I'm be. not short the market. People think, you know, I talk bearish, I'm short the market. I'm not short any. I'm, I'm hedged a little bit. I have some short stocks portfolio on. But I'm long the market, and I'm typically long the market, you know, because typically, you know, if you're holding shorts long term, I'm going to be short the market thinking we're going down the next decade. That's a tough bet. It just hasn't typically, you know, made money in the long run. So that's why I don't yeah. put shorts on my long-term portfolio. I, I would never be 100% cash unless I intended to spend that money like 
in the immediate future. But uh, yeah, and even when I'm talking cash, so I'm way more than what I would say in cash because I'm sitting here and I'm building a house and you know I've got some other stuff. So I don't even consider that cash, you know, yeah. really as cash. I'm looking at like you know I can look at my registered money, you know, and I'm sitting with like forty percent. And my like my job and my registered account is to only buy stocks. It's its only job. That's its only place it can go. So when it's forty percent cash, it it means I'm 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 cautious. I'm yeah. very cautious right yeah. now. And that's what I would say is I'm not bearish. I'm cautious. And there's a big difference. If you're bearish, you're betting on the short side. I'm not betting on the short side here. I'm just cautious because we have so many unknowns. But I'm ready to strike. I'm like, you know, sitting in the tiger, ready to pounce on the, you know, once we start to curl up and have those opportunities, have your shopping list ready and be ready to strike. Because there, there is, just like Tim was saying, there's certain times where you just want to be in cash. You want to protect your capital. And there's other times you want to be putting your cash out there. Or you want to maybe even be on margin, you know, to a certain extent and, you know, getting money out there because money is being made. This is the time still to be cautious right now. There will be a time, and maybe it's coming sooner than later, to get aggressive. Right now, I'm still playing cautious. So there's going to be some money, people that make money buying the dip here today. But yeah. again, there's a high risk with doing that. I'd rather have a day, a prior day, where, okay, we washed out. Now we come back, and now we retest. And now I can lean on that retest low, as opposed to just trying to catch the falling knife on day one. I agree with you, John. Dennis sounds like he's ready to buy the dip. He's just he's you're ready, Dennis. I probably am not yeah. going to do it today because no, no, it's no, a washout day. But say, but in general, you, the, you're ready. I'm always ready to buy yeah. the dip. Buy the dip. Buy the dip and sell the rep. I mean, yeah. I wanted the t-shirt. You know, I got the Detroit Lions t-shirt on, which is yeah. I guess <laughs> the opposite of not buy the dip. <laughs> all right, Dennis. But, thanks. Right. We'll, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Let's bring on Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors. It is a busy week, I think. I looked at the IPO schedule uh, yesterday. It looked a little bit more crowded this week. Matt, good morning. It's uh, a little hey, bit dark. That's a, yeah. No, I'm calling you from a cave in uh, Paros, uh, Greece. We um, came on wait, the ferry today. Wait, you're, you're, actually, you're actually in a cave right now? I think it's like like cave cave hotels. Um, oh wait, oh the, the the famous hotels that's like that. That's Santorini, the ones you're thinking of, but it's like that. Um, oh no, we way. are not far from Santorini. We just came from Mykonos this morning. Oh my god, we're on vacation, so I'm a little bit um, kind of behind on things. I'm monitoring things, and I'll be showing up doing the newsletters for the next two weeks, but not not trading so much. Um, my wife. Oh my goodness. Some attention. And, uh, wow. She's down at the beach now while I. Uh, you know, bring that the uh, IPO great. preview for, for next week from that, that yeah. looks great. Well, well, let's get to it then. Let's get to it. Sounds good. So yeah. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, you guys talked about cybersecurity being a hot play Sentinel one. That's one that, uh, IPO about two weeks ago. It's traded pretty sideways, a little bit down from its debut price. It's a nice one uh, to pick up. I think early I'm sitting on my position waiting for that cybersecurity buzz to really kick it into what I think is a higher gear and um, just kind of an idea from recent IPOs. One of the things that paying attention to the IPOs does is it puts stocks on your radars that haven't really quite gotten on people. A lot of people don't even want to buy, you know, or think about buying something until lockup periods expire, but there's some pretty good opportunities we had on that, um, in, uh, on that, gene editing news from Intellia a couple of weeks ago, one of the IPOs that had gone two days before that and was kind of not moving too much, all of a sudden went up about 20% over the next two days. So, um, and I think that one was called uh, Graphite uh, and it went up and it came back down, but it was a good, you know,
know, a good little swing play. And I'd keep an eye on Sentinel one if you think uh, that cybersecurity is going to be strong. Anyway, let's look at last week's <coughs> trades because I think it's got some good lessons for what's coming up this week. And that is when there's a cold market, you're not going to see a lot of like really good opportunities, especially with IPOs. People can want to sit them out. It's sort of like when the market seems pretty hot, the IPOs run off the debuts. And when the market's generally weaker, we see IPOs that debut below where we expect it to, which can be a good opportunity. Uh, but we just don't see the kind of hot opportunities that we'll see in a, in a kind of uptrending market. So the theme of last week and might be the theme of this week is when in doubt, sit it out. I'm really looking for plays where I have a high degree of confidence to get in, take a big position, ride it for a couple points and get out. And if I don't see those opportunities, it's tempting, especially if you've taken a whole bunch of wins in a row to miss anything. Um, but last week we saw a whole lot of losers and it was kind of a, turned out to be a great week to be starting a vacation, but I still did play some, uh, some of these and, and by being selective, it ended up working in my favor. So the ones from last week that did pretty well were Inspira Technologies, which is, uh, we talked about low float. They've got a really cool product that infuses the blood with oxygen. I think it's a good long-term hold actually. So I'm buying the dip and, you know, selling some at these little peaks. But it opened at five and after a very short delayed uh, drop here, it uh, rebounded into a halt. You could easily have played this from $5 to $6, sold out. And, you know, within, I think that was a 10 minute halt or five minute halt. So you could have made pretty good money in about 20 minutes. If you wanted to hold, uh, you would have been disappointed at the end of day one, but you could reload and day two brought another run up to 580. So you had a couple of good opportunities to take money here within INN. Uh, the next one that did well was Sentage Holdings, which was one that I said I liked because it was low float. Um, and it had a lot of, just kind of a lot of hype around its uh, therapies for eye, um, for eye diseases. It opened at 30, ran up to 37. And with these low float runners that get some buzz, you know, you just, you just let them ride for the day. We saw, uh, we've seen a couple of these in the last weeks that, if you get antsy and you try to sell on this, you know, first dip or keep, you know, a trailing stop loss too tight, you end up cheating yourself out of a good opportunity. So if you have, you know, some conviction in one of these plays and you're not expecting it to just halt, 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 just let it run throughout the day and take your profits at, at peaks in, you know, in, in sections and, you know, take a nice little play. This kind of play that you look for when the rest of the market is kind of cold. Another good example, Stevenato Group. We said we liked the company. Um, they priced its IPO at the bottom of the range and then debuted really low. And it's a solid company with good profits and good growth. So um, I was on an airplane when this happened, so I didn't get to play it. But it's the kind of play that I like uh, because it doesn't leave much room for it to go down. Uh, you're pretty much expecting it to gap fill back up to the IPO price. You get in at 16, 65, you ride it back up to, say, uh, 18 or 19. You take a nice little trade there. But you're right, we have a huge uh, list this week. We're going to have to blow through these and really focus on the ones we like. I'll try to touch on them all, but um, there's quite a few like the kind of random biotechs that have early stage cancer treatments that we're just not going to be too interested in. Um, and that brings us to our first one. Um, yeah, low float's been key, but low float biotechs, you know, unless it's 2 million shares, 3 million shares, just you know, they need something more of a story than just, you know, immunotherapies for cancer or leukemia, uh, even phase two. This one's 
you know, I don't know enough about these, so I'm just going to say pass on, on a lot of these here. Uh, this next one is one of the more interesting ones for the week. Uh, gambling.com, if you haven't heard of it, sure has a name that makes you think you like you maybe you've heard of it. Uh, they do digital marketing and referrals for iGaming and sports betting. So this is kind of like, um, you know, they own a lot of, I guess, search result pages, kind of good rankings uh, for search terms. And they direct people to, you know, 360 betting, DraftKings, those kinds of companies. Uh, they also have some services where you can see where the best spreads are for certain games. So you're betting, you know, in the most favorable position for, you know, the games that you want to bet on. And they are profitable with positive free cash flow. So you see revenue up 180% in the last three months. You see profits up 45%. You see positive cash flow. You see a float of just 7.5 million shares. That's all the ingredients that I'm looking for for an IPO play. And this is one that for me would be, okay, now my attention is on this one, you know, for maybe the 20, 20th and the 21st to play it into a two-day, you know, get that media hype over the first day, let it run into the second day. And so when I see something like this, I'll tend to push anything aside that isn't really compelling to me, um, which helps simplify and focus on things. Maybe it's putting all your eggs in one basket, but it's not like I'm putting all my money in this. I'm just looking for the plays where I have a high conviction rate. If I don't see something better than that uh, or equally compelling, I'm probably going to say, well, I've got gambling.com. This one looks really strong. Why would I play you know, something that's less compelling? This next one's going to be pretty interesting. It's Twin V Powercats. And I say that because the float is just 2.8 million shares. Uh, they're a boat builder and they're profitable. Um, but what's really going to be kind of the buzzword around this one is they're transitioning to electric boats. So they want to be all EV within the next couple of years. And that's just one of those trending terms where even with the recent sort of uh, maybe distaste in some of the SPAC EVs, this one's getting social media buzz. It's getting interest. But there is a lot of confusion around it around at the same time because it's currently traded on the OTC markets as TVPC. And I'll usually stay away from any kind of uplisting, except that they've put in a six-month lockup period on this one. So that the people who own the TVPC shares, which you know have already, you know, they've already gone way up. It went from about half a, you know, one cent to five cents about a year ago. It popped up to about 58 cents in February once they announced that they were gonna, you know uplist and now that that's kind of worn off and it's down to about 20 cents so you don't want to i mean one idea would be oh we'll buy you know buy the otc market right now you know you're getting it for 20 cents i think the i, I haven't clarified what the reverse split is going to be but i think it's something like um values that are about two dollars a share well if this you know debuts at five dollars a share and your current stock is going to be worth two dollars a share that sounds great you're making an instant three bucks except that it's a six-month lockup period and you really don't know what's going to happen in six months. The buzz, the initial pop off the low float play will have certainly disappeared by then. Um, this is a little bit of a wild card. It'd be interesting to see what it does. I'm not, I don't have enough high conviction to go big on it, but if I do have a little time in my schedule to play this, um, you might expect one or two halts out of the gate if a lot of people start keying in on it. Uh, but it is one of the more interesting ones uh, that is on the table this week. And then we get into a bunch that are sort of like not all that interesting from a retail point of view. They might be good business models. Uh, this is an online CS Disco online legal platform for law firms, helps with administration of legal matters. LegalZoom, which is a really strong company, didn't have a huge run 
uh, really has traded sideways since its IPO. So I don't know if law services are all that sexy to the market. Um, they do have strong revenue growth. They're close to break, break even. They have a high retention rate. But for me, this is just not enough of a, there's not enough retail interest, in my opinion, to make this one worth, um, worth playing. Kaltura, we talked about this one a few months ago. They had a failed IPO uh, earlier this year. They do video communications uh, for businesses. It's like uh, virtual conferences, this kind of thing. Uh, they do have accelerating growth. Uh, they expect or they estimate that their value, uh, their co acquisition cost is you know about 10% of the value of the customer, which is pretty impressive. Um, but I just, I don't know if people want you know, Zoom for business and people say, well, isn't Zoom for business? So this one's a little confusing to me and I don't think it'll be, um, it's not something I want to risk my, my time or money on right now. Uh, Paycor, it's uh, SaaS for human capital management. It's like payroll benefits, employee engagement, HR tasks, uh, pretty slow growth and a lot of competition. So this one just doesn't, you know, pop out to me as, hey, you got to get on Paycor. No, I, I, this one I'm a pass. Alicio Therapeutics, cancer development. I don't know. Next. Uh, Absci, this one's synthetic biology for drug discovery, which sounds really cool. And a little while ago, maybe this would have been very interesting. Uh, but we have seen sort of mixed results out of the other synthetic biotechs. Um, Zymergen and uh, I forget the name, but the ticker was DNAY. These have both sort of traded sideways and down, uh, even though ZY ended up being kind of a Kathy Wood. She stocked up on some of it, giving it a little bit of an initial run. Um, but again, are there other plays that I'd rather be in? Yes. Is this something that just screams at me? Yeah, everyone's going to want Absi. No. So I'm going to keep looking for something else. Uh, Instructure Holdings, this is kind of interesting. This is a virtual instruction platform for K through 12 schools and universities that's used in over 90 countries. Uh, so this has really captured not, you know, the pandemic, of course, gave this a big boost. I'm a little surprised that revenue grew only 31% in 2020, except this is the kind of thing that takes a little while for schools to adopt. And in at least the first year of COVID, now we're having to think about whether this is really just gonna go away. Um, you know, it's, schools just shut down um, and they use Zoom and they kind of scrambled. If we stay in a lockdown, uh, which, I mean, we're in Greece, Mykonos got shut down completely. Uh, I mean, literally the day we arrived, uh, no bars, home by 1, 1 a.m. You know, this uh, Delta variant is starting to look like something that's not just going to be, you know, swept under the rug. And if we end up having to go back into lockdowns and if the whole world, I mean, America's doing pretty well compared to a lot of other countries in terms of rolling out vaccines, you're going to need these kinds of services. As kids still need to get educated, people still need to go to school. Uh, universities are looking more and more globally to, you know, to fill out their student bases and you know, with just 12.5 million shares. So my camera just shut off the battery. I don't think you guys need to see me anyway. Um, sorry about that. Matt, taking a lot of pictures, and now we are, you know, going to fly it, fly in the You know what you can do is you can just stop, hit stop cam and stream your right on the way. Stop cam. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah. You can lip sync. I'll, uh, I'll be Spencer. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. So this one to me is interesting. Um, it is, you know, two days after the uh, gambling.com. So by then, if I was 
you know, sitting there trading these normally, I'd be looking for the next play. Uh, this wouldn't could be interesting. I would I would definitely watch it and see if the indication price looks um, indicates demand, but not something ridiculous. Uh, I, I I would like I would like to be in on this one. Okay, next slide is over here. Okay, now Zevia and they put Zevia and Zenvia uh, on the same day, which is a little confusing. I wish they wouldn't do that, but Zevia is an organic beverage provider. They've been selling pretty well during the pandemic. It's kind of healthy sodas as a way to think of it. Um, I'm not in the States, so I don't know exactly how popular this is. Spencer, have you heard of this? I haven't. Is is the is the product called Zevia, or is that just the name of the yeah. brand? Yeah, no, they do have of, some some products. Has anyone in chat ever heard of Zevia? Anyone around here ever heard of? It? I've never heard of it. No. Yeah, so that's not a hugely, um, you know, that's not a hugely positive indicator when it's not uh, well known <laughs> and uh, it's not like a household name. Um, it's not like Oatly, uh, where Oatly was clearly something that everybody you know heard of everybody gets it at starbucks so um you know maybe maybe not but it's just again i'm being very selective in this market for in a hot market maybe yeah play this for in a cold market then um okay so people are saying yeah it's great it's the luxury brand of lacrosse a great drink i use it okay so that might be you know this is kind of thing where you know trade your own trade come up with your own ideas we're not giving you financial advice we're telling you guys what ipos are coming up and, um, you know, if this is popular and has retail following, that might drive um, especially a day two play. So we've seen a lot of these that uh, have retail or brand name recognition run on the second day because the media covers how the IPO did and people realize it IPO'd and they say, oh, yeah, no, I love that stuff. It's great. You know, I can't even find it on the supermarket shelves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pick some shares up. And. Um, so if you do play the IPO and it doesn't run on the first day, don't give up on the first day on something like this. Hold it overnight. See what it does on day two. You're often given a chance to take, you know, uh, optimize profits or at least get out without losing money. So for something like Zevia, that's, you know, how I would play it if I was playing it. I probably won't simply because I'll be on a beach somewhere. Um the next one is Ryan Specialty Group. This just sounds like one of these. They do specialty products for insurance brokers, agents, and carriers. It's 56 million shares, almost 57 million shares. That's a huge float. And this is really something more for you know safe money institutions, pensions. I don't expect it to trade you know, up or down one way or the other. These usually go kind of sideways and flat, uh, not worth trying to scalp a, you know, 50 cents or a dollar. I'm looking for plays where I can take bigger gains than that. And this one just doesn't stand out as something that you know, most retail investors would be too excited about. Okay. Couchbase is interesting uh, because it will get comparisons to MongoDB, which has done phenomenally well over the last few years. It's a database management system. Uh, they do have rapid growth and they have a good retention rate but they are unprofitable and people in tech kind of have their favorites. And, you know, the com comparisons to MongoDB are that MongoDB is generally better and preferred. So with a float of 7 million shares, it is interesting. I just, I don't know if enough retail investors understand Couchbase for it to be, it's not really a brand name. I have to be a little careful because I know what it is because I'm a software developer. 
Um, but given the, given the market, if it's a cold market, unprofitable stocks, just IPOs haven't done that well. So um, I would, uh, at first I was excited about this. Now I'm on the fence. I'll probably, by the time it goes live, uh, not be interested in it. So interesting one, but no thanks. Uh, Zenvia, not to be confused with Zebia, is a Brazilian customer experience platform. They We talked about them a few months ago as well. They scaled back their IPO. I generally just don't play the foreign tech companies because I don't know them. I don't understand them. And that goes for other retail investors. They haven't done particularly well out the gate. Uh, some of them have kind of stabilized a little bit and then run up. But I just don't know enough about this to, um, you know, to want to play it. So... For me, it's a no. Vtex is a little bit similar, although it's more in the vein of online e-commerce. So with um, growing revenue, gross, growing gross profit, uh, but kind of on the, they, I guess they're flip-flopping a little bit with operating losses because they were operating positive prior to Q1 of 2021. Um, now they're an operating loss. The valuation is really high. And I think again, American retail investors don't know what this is, and I'm not trying to play everything right now. If the market starts getting hot by the end of the week, maybe you play this one. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Probably not. Corn Main, industrial distribution. I couldn't even, you know, this is some kind of, uh, they do fire, water, sewage. It's kind of boring infrastructure stuff. Maybe they do well. They get some money out of infrastructure bills. It's a very big float. Again, I think this is kind of like a pensions and investment banking. Uh, in, you know, big institutions will you know buy this to have stability in their portfolio. I don't expect it to run one way or another. So it's not something I would play as an IPO scalp. Um, Outbrain. This one. I think all of us know what Outbrain is. It's or you've seen those ads. It's after you've read an article on the internet. Down at the bottom, it gives. There's kind of like that link bait stuff, um, which are those sensational headlines that you know make you click deeper and deeper, and you can spend hours getting kind of lost in an Outbrain and an Outbrain hole. So I think they do pretty well. I have to. I, this is towards the end of the slideshow. I haven't had time to dig a little deeper, and it's at the end of the week. So I'm gonna send out more updates in the newsletter if you go to ipowarriors.com sign up for the newsletter um, at the end of the day today or tomorrow morning i'm going to send out uh, some analysis that are a little deeper on this i do like this though because most people know what outbrain is it's eight million shares it's digital advertising that's not really based on cookies it's based on uh, relational content and this one has the kind of ingredients i want to look a little bit more deeply into their revenue and profit growth but this is a company that is, you know, has brand recognition. It's in a stable area of the internet. They've established themselves. They're on tons of uh, websites. And when I have that kind of familiarity, I know other people do. And I, I'm interested in this one. I'm going to dig further. Candle Therapeutics, la la la, biotech, engineered viruses to fight cancer cells. Okay, interesting. I don't know anything about it. Six million shares whatever. Uh, I can't play all these. I actually just generally have a rule not to play biotechs unless something just really stands out. So when in doubt, sit it out. Sorry, Candle, not interested. Exponential Fitness uh, reminds me, this is, they operate as about nine different chains of boutique 
fitness centers and you know marky marks fitness ipo last week didn't do very well at 45 that was mark Wahlberg, and um i don't expect this to be a very hyped or exciting play for enough people to make this worth playing and uh you know until the market turns around i'm going to be very selective this one doesn't stand out and the ones that do stand out are um kind of obvious enough to give me enough to chew on. I like gambling.com. I like the um, in-structure holdings. And after that, I think that this is a week to kind of uh, maybe keep an eye on Twin V Power Cats. If this one drops hard on the debut, you know, that rebound play has done really well. We saw it was uh, Wave two weeks ago. Um, that is really, uh, they use the ocean to generate power. It dropped from, uh, it was an uplisting as well. It dropped from 16 to 10 and sat there overnight. The next day it ran up to like 30, 35. You know, it, just, it did a low, it was 800,000 shares. So it did a low float kind of squeeze. And this has 2.8 million shares. So if we do see an initial drop, uh, it might be a good time to, you know, take a swing there. Um, but, yeah. All right. Matt Hammond joins us every Monday. He's from IPOWarriors.com. The link is up on the screen. Uh, Matt, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully we have uh, some good trades this week. Thanks, Spencer. All right, thanks Good luck in the market. All right. All right, that's a wrap for me today for pre-market prep at least. Uh, Please, guys, smash that like. Let's get to 400 likes. Get to 400 likes uh, by the time I hop off here. Uh, Someone asked about David Green. David Green is live right now. I'm going to end the stream, redirect David's show. He'll be live trading on our stream here until about 11 o'clock Eastern time. We got SPAC's attack. They got a great guest today. SPAC Insider will be on the show. We got the Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, we have a, a very special guest. We are joined by the former CEO of Pepsi and Apple. If you know who I'm talking about, uh, John uh, Scully is his name, and uh, very excited for that interview as well. So, uh, great slate of shows today. Uh, David Green, Spacs, Power Hour, get technical, Moon or Bust, guys. I'm sorry, no get technical today because Moon or Bust is uh, going for two hours because we got a, a, a big one. And I, I'm not going to spoil it, but let, let's just say we have a billionaire on moon or bust today so uh there's the opening bell i'm done smash the like please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice and i'm done everyone have a good rest of your day we'll see you later Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.